All right, folks, welcome to this episode of the Jackson Lucas Impact Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Chris Papa, and today we have as co-host, Lisa Flicker. How are you doing, Lisa? I'm doing really well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm great. As you can see, I'm sitting here in sunny California outside today, um, and you just flew back from ULI. Uh, how was Toronto? How was the weather in Toronto? It was chilly. I, I always assumed Toronto is going to be like New York. So I packed and then I wound up finding an old colleague and having to borrow her winter coat because she oh, left. Really? Freezing. <laughs> oh, wow. How was uh, the conference? The conference was great. It was, you know, I feel like there is definitely an echo chamber in real estate where people, you know, one person says something and everybody repeats it back. But I feel like people are motivated to do deals that People might be sitting on the sidelines and waiting, but I feel like everybody was was happy to be there and had the time to be there. And I noticed most people weren't on their phones throughout the day. They were actually taking it in and listening. So it's good. That's awesome. Cool. Well, today we we spoke to Jason Bordanik. Jason is a co-founder and managing partner at Hudson Valley Property Group. Hudson Valley is an affordable housing investor. Uh, I've known Jason for... Whew, Many, many years. I met him like, probably close to 10 years ago when he had probably like it was two. It was him and a partner, I believe. And they've grown to, you know, I think they have about 40 plus people or so. They're based in New York. They have people across the country and they are they've become they've raised you know large institutional funds. And he what I love about them is he he has a, a real estate background, but it's more tech real estate. So he's kind of implemented a lot of that technology and that sort of culture to his shop. Um, and they actually really believe in their mission. Which I think is the most important thing, right? You can clearly see who believes in it and who's in it just, just as another, you know, widget type business. So I, I did, I felt his passion too. It was really nice. Yeah. So we had a great conversation with him. So please, uh, please take a listen. And we love when you rate and review the podcast and share with your friends and also if you have any questions or want to recommend any podcast guests, please shoot us an email. Please have a great weekend and enjoy the summer. Enjoy the summer. All right, Jason, good to have you on here. Jason Bordanik, founding partner of Hudson Valley Property Group. How you doing, man? Good to see you. Doing great. Great to, great to be on. Thanks for having me. You're looking younger and younger every time I see you. <laughs> That's your line. Yeah, I, I, he's buttering me up before uh, before the the podcast. <laughs> and so, That's right. he compliments you, then he throws you in the hot seat. That's right. Yeah, now, now he's going to be all right. Now, let me just fire off tough questions. And That's all I have is tough questions. And so we have we have Jason and we have Lisa Flicker. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Chris. Good to see you. Good Hear to you. See you. And Jason's in Tribeca, and Lisa's at home in Westchester. Right. Westchester, New York. And I, Jason, I heard you're a tennis player. I took my first tennis lesson of the season this morning, and I keep joking with the tennis pro. I'm like, here I am, beginner again. Like, <laughs> years in a row. <laughs> yeah, I do, do like to play. I don't know if tennis player is, is the term, but I like to get out and, and uh, play sports, and tennis is one of them, definitely. So, Jason's very, like very fit. He's a very athletic guy. He's always doing stuff. I've seen pictures of him riding bikes with uh, 
who's the, the guy from uh, Virgin Airlines, uh, Virgin America, or not Virgin America. What, what's his <laughs> Richard name? Branson. Yeah, sent me a on... picture. Jason sent really? me a picture of him and Richard Branson riding bikes. <laughs> <laughs> the audience didn't think it was photoshopped in, but yeah, no. I, I thought was, it was too. I thought it was Richard Deutsch at first, but it was Richard Branson. It, <laughs> it could have been our head of our head of asset management looks. Uh, he's a doppelganger of, of Richard Branson. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would use that for re reservations all over town. Oh, I'm here with Richard. <laughs> or you can say Richard Branson is uh, is a doppelganger, Richard Deutsch. They're so. both very, uh, they both do a lot of things. Multi-talented. So, uh, Jason, you, yeah, so you're the managing partner, co-founder of Hudson Valley Property Group. Um, can you tell the audience about Hudson Valley? Sure. We are a unique type of real estate firm. We're focused entirely on investing in and preserving affordable housing and really creating a platform to upgrade and enhance the existing stock of affordable housing. We make improvements physically, operationally. We, we think holistically about programming and services. Um, and we're doing it in a way where we're generating great returns for investors. And so that's, that's really the model is create a platform, an investment platform around this that's mission-driven and, you know, both delivering great returns to investors and a great product to residents and giving people nicer uh, places uh, to live. Yeah, and you, I love, I, mean, I know you guys really well. I know you very well. We met, I don't even know how long ago that was, 10 years ago, maybe, something like that. Um, and, uh I've seen the firm grow and like you are definitely, yeah, mission driven. Some people just have lip service. You definitely believe in the mission and I've seen all the, some of the amazing work you've done. Can you tell us where the name Hudson Valley property group came from? Cause you're not just, you know, investing in the Hudson Valley or you have, well, we but you're are, not just, we are, we are investing just. in Hudson Valley, but not only. So it actually comes from my partner, Andy Cavaluzzi. We actually are childhood friends. We've known each other since first grade. And we grew up in the Hudson Valley. We grew up in Rockland County in Spring Valley, New York. And when we first got started, we were doing projects in our home area. And, and really that's their model is kind of giving that local touch and to give, you know, really nice, you know, hands-on approach to improving our projects and enhancing the, you know, the experience within the community. And so we, we started it that way and we're taking that model in cities around the country and just kept the name because it, it talks about really where we came from. I love that you're such an entrepreneur. I mean, this isn't your first, your first rodeo here at entrepreneurism. And I just, I did that go back to like when you were in business school where you're like, I want to have my own business or was this something that kind of happened throughout your career? Yeah. So this is actually my, my second company. I, my first company, I started in one of those, stories from your dorm room in my undergrad. And so I, I mean, the, the background on that is I went to the University of Virginia. I was recruited um, to run track there. I was a high school American in track. And that was what I was you planning run? to do. I ran the, I was a sprinter. I ran the 100, 200, and 400. Oh, wow. I, I used to run too. I love, I was a two, four, four by one guy. Long jump. Nice. Yeah, I didn't do the long jump, but I did the relays. Those, those were always the most fun. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, I came, anyways. Yeah, no. So I was recruited to run at the University of Virginia, and the story was really I had um, a track injury that curtailed my 
track career, but then I took the time that I put into into athletics, into putting in an idea in a business plan competition. And uh, the idea was really people were looking for places to live in a very inefficient way. They were using classified ads. I mean, this was, you know, I started this in the year 2000, but it was the idea that leveraged the internet to help people find places to live off campus. And so you really think of it as sort of a localized apartments.com, but for universities and set it up at the University of Virginia. It was originally called Off Grounds. It was one of the winners of the business plan competition. So I got like office space and I got mentorship from the from uh, the graduate school there and um, worked on it while I was a student. That business expanded actually nationwide. It became the largest uh, online marketplace for off-campus student housing. Uh, it became a company called Off-Campus Partners and helps, it's still around, actually helps about 3 million students find places to live every every year. And it, would, it was ultimately acquired by CoStar. So it's one of oh, their wow. group of companies. So I had tremendous first experience entrepreneurially, um, but I left the day-to-day um, running of that company, had gone back and gotten my MBA. And I was really, at the time, was really looking to what, what my next thing would be and didn't know what it would be, but I knew we wanted to have something that was going to be on a bigger scale and with an impact component to it. And... Um, and Andy, uh, my, my uh, childhood friend, as I mentioned, reached out, he was working on different real estate projects and we got connected on, on one that was really our first affordable project. And it was a pretty eye-opening experience really seeing how really the, the conditions that people lived in, in, you know, is really, it's really actually, you know, pretty concerning and, and pretty sad to see. And, and a lot of, you know, a lot of it was like, it didn't have to be that way. And, you know, it was just mismanaged property and it wasn't financed appropriately. So we had taken on this one project, um, as really like a side, a side project at the time. And, you know, and after working on it, we, we were like, wow, we, this was, we were able to give our investors a great return, but we were also able to give the residents a better a better place to live. They were, they were excited to see us come, you know, they were proud of what, where they lived. And, and it was just something that really resonated. Both of us, you know, we grew up in, you know, working class families and, and we grew up in, in, uh, in Rockland County, as I mentioned, in Spring Valley, very diverse community, a lot of first time immigrants. And a lot of the people that you see living in these properties, they kind of were just like the, the friends we grew up with and friends that we had. And, and, and it felt like a real genuine, good, fit for really where we wanted to spend time. And so one project led to another. And then we saw, wait a minute, this is not actually just sort of a, an ad hoc or kind of isolated type of, of opportunity. It's actually a whole, a whole asset class, a whole, you know, whole industry, a whole asset class across the country of, you know, millions of units that really haven't been, you know, operated or, you know, professionalized at scale. And so that's really where, the idea came from was really leveraging our, our skills, our relationships, our, you know, to, to create something special in both creating a great business and great, you know, creating something that would be able to, to scale and grow and be really sustainable, but also one that in being successful would really make a, a huge impact in people's lives. And, and so, yeah, that's kind of back to 2010 when we started and, you know, 13 years later, we're, you know, we've done, you know, more than $2 billion of projects and have preserved, you know, more than 10,000 homes and really impacted, 
you know, tens of thousands of people's lives. So it's been, it's been amazing. And, and it all started with that, you know, those early kind of side projects that we never really thought at the, initially that it was going to grow to this, but then the, the vision had, you know, came together and it's, and we're still, you know, really excited about where we're going. What, what did you, what skill sets did you bring to that first project? And what did you, did you know anything about, I mean, buying and, and did you know anything about this industry? No. And, and so, I mean, entrepreneurship, a lot of it is, I mean, I think, you know, both of us had had entrepreneurial experiences previously. I think there's an element of, of scrappiness, of hustle and, you know, of convincing people, you know, of, of what you want to accomplish and, and kind of problem solving. And so, yeah, I think in terms of our partnership, you know, I, you know, I think the, I had a, you know, financial uh, background in terms of, you know, undergrad in business and an MBA and sort of business management and, and, but also really good at problem solving. I think, I think it's one of my strong suits and, and Andy came to it really having performed, you know, rehab projects and on the side. So he had really more of the nuts and bolts of, of what it take to, to improve a property and to operate it. And so kind of married his real estate experience with, you know, I guess more of the business management and strategic experience or financial experience. And that's kind of how we built the, the company. I love that. I love that. And I, I do believe like if you're entrepreneurial by nature and you have that grit and hustle, it's interesting because you can see it when people come in and meet with us in college, you can see who they're going to be as a grown up, And it's, it always just fascinates me. I mean, I didn't obviously know you as a kid, but I can see that. I bet the people around you knew you were destined for something like this. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was the person with your 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 uh, your lemonade stand kind of concept. I was always that guy who scrapped. You try to try to do little things on the side. My parents would joke about it when when they when they asked questions about did you know he'd be an entrepreneur and stuff. I was always kind of trying to do things like that. Um, so I, I always actually when I went back when I went to undergrad, I actually was like if you had asked me what I was going to do, I, I I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I really thought it was really cool to have this idea in your eye, in your mind and to create something, the creation, the creative element of it is, is pretty neat. Um, and so, and yeah, and then after doing it once and to really have that vision and to, and to create something that's still around. Yeah. I, de I definitely think it's a very rewarding career path. Um, it's uh, challenging. It's very unpredictable. It's really, it's really more of an adventure than, than other, other paths. What uh, what are the biggest challenges you face growing a company? Um, I know as an entrepreneur myself and Lisa as, as well, like, you know, when you start a company, you have an org chart and you're basically in every seat. Right. Um, and then you start taking away and adding and subtracting. And, you know, it's a lot of start, stop and starts like what like growing a, a, a company like this, like what is what have you learned over the years as as so like the most important factors in, in, in growing a company? Well, I would say first, choose a great partner. I think our my relationship with Andy has been fantastic and we've really complement each other and we really are equally committed. We bring different things to the table and we were in, we were, you know, through the, in the trenches together, went through a lot. And so I think you know, I have full trust in him. He has full trust in me. We respect what we bring to the table. And I think that's, you know, you hear a lot of other firms that have like partner issues and challenges. And we really have none of that. We have the challenges of building a company. So we were able to put all of our effort into that. Cause I think that we, we have 
at a foundation, really a you know similar values. And you know, we I know that you know while we're working on different aspects of it, you know, if there's something that's going to come up and just the, the the standards of which we would expect things to be at, they're very similar, you know, and and just the commitment and just we're, we've given our lives really to build this company. I mean, a lot of sacrifices and personally. And so, yeah, I think that's a great, a key aspect of it. You know, yeah, initially it's just the two of us. We had, we had in the early days, we were, you know, really scrappy. We had a lot of interns. So we, we were really big on getting interns. Um, <laughs> um, to the back. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, yeah, we had like, uh, you know, it was, it was, it kept the energy good. And, and, um, but yeah, initially you're doing everything. And, um, and as you scale, you gotta, you know, it's really building an organization, you know? And so that's, that's one of the biggest challenges, you know, as you grow companies, some people aren't able to move from like sort of the entrepreneur to like the CEO and building the company. But I, that's something that, you know, with my first company, it was something where I was more of really kind of the founder and we brought in kind of the, the gray hair to help run it. And that's kind of the, and this one was really one that I, really wanted to challenge myself and, and same with Andy to kind of really build something and take it all the way through. I think it's really, um, you know, I think the people element of it, of really trying to attract great people, develop them. I think, yeah, I think when I look at what, I, what I'm most proud of, it's like the organization that we've built in some part with big part, you guys helped us with kind of finding great people. But I, yeah, I think that's, that's one of the biggest challenges is, is finding, retaining and developing great people and we've created a, a culture that's very diverse. It's very collaborative. And so, yeah, I think that's been, you know, I think one of the bigger challenges, but it's one that I think we're doing, we're doing pretty well with. Yeah. That's, that's one thing I, I, I mean, you definitely have a great culture and I know a lot of the people that work there and that's something I, you know, Jackson Lucas prides itself on too. Like we have a great culture and I feel we do at least like, what do you, and you, come from more of a technology background. I mean, I think you believe you went to Stanford for your MBA. Um, so kind of were exposed to that, you know, Silicon Valley life. Like I, I kind of feel like you guys have that more like younger kind of vibe like that, where you're not, you know, you're not in the office every day. It's like people can work remotely. You kind of accommodate different life, you know, different lifestyles. Um, not like the old stodgy real estate companies that, you know, Lisa and I are, are often used to working with. Uh, like, how did you develop with them to pay our bills? So. <laughs> no, we love them, but like, it's a different kind of culture. And like, how do you keep that culture? Yeah, you know, no, I, I'm glad that you see that. Yeah, no, I mean, look, we, we didn't branch off from some other big institution or organization. We started this from scratch, like literally in our, you know, the house that I grew up in, in the basement, we created, that was our first office. And it really is like a great entrepreneurial story, you know, that like we started really from scratch and building and learning the business. We had no idea what we were doing about piecing together tax credits and all, and all these things. We kind of did it very hands-on by doing, but it came from really like really passionate to, to really do this better and, and to really, to really make our mark. And I think it's a, a lot of culture, I think, or culture really stems from the top of, of the people who started and the fact that, yeah, we, you know, it's real genuine, real interest. We're not kind of, we didn't just like transition into affordable because we're like, oh, there's a great opportunity in this space versus this space, which is what we're seeing with some other firms. There's nothing wrong with it, but it definitely, I think what makes this unique is that this is a genuine, like, you know, two people came together and really wanted to build a company and build something special. And, 
and we're very hands-on. So I think it's not one, you know, where we've kind of taken a step back. We're very hands-on in, in different aspects of it. And so we're, you know, from, yeah, so I think we, in the recruiting process, we're very hands-on, but in, in the day-to-day of key, of how decisions are made, you know, what, you know, we do the right thing. We do, like, there's a lot of things where we, we walk the walk of what we're saying. And I think people see that. And then, and then I think that attracts better people. And I think, and when you get great people, then all of a sudden people raise the bar for us, you know, we're, we're going into things and Andy and I were like, well, we got to step up our game even more because we have great people. <laughs> um, so I think, I think it builds on itself. And if you create, yeah, I mean, I think we bring, we're really viewing everyone as really, we're part of a team. We use like sport analogies a lot. We're both, both Andy and I played sports and, and it's like, yeah, we're really kind of working towards a common goal. And so I think we've, we really try to, try to, you know, attract people who, who, who find that appealing and, you know, and, and who want to, you know, who are really seeking excellence and want to, want to do great things. And so I think, yeah, I think we attract that and we're open to someone maybe not having the specific experience if they, you know, have, you know, they have relevant experience, relevant skills, but, you know, we have people who have joined who may, may not have had affordable experience, but they come and, and they're able to really add something to the team. So, yeah, it's something that we constantly we're trying to also create programming internally. Like similarly for our properties, we create programming, but we try to do it internally and figure out ways to uh, allow people to grow. And we're try we give a lot of thought to, you know, if people are, you know, what's what's my career path? Like, how can I get, you know, if people are, I want to take on more responsibility, we try to give those opportunities. And so, yeah, we're trying to really create a, a place that, you know, people come in and they, people give a lot of their, their days to it. And so make it really worthwhile for everyone. And I love that mission driven, purposeful life that you're living, because I do think that there are a lot of people who go to business school. They want to be an entrepreneur. Their number one, two, three, and four goal is to make money. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I feel like there's often something that's missing in the mission and the culture. If, if you don't feel that purpose and I can tell just in these few minutes in this conversation that the the purpose is there. And so that's a beautiful thing. Well, I would love to know if you could go back to your younger self, because a lot of people listening are kind of like, I want to do what he did. I want, how do I do that? What are some of the, what are some of the bits of advice you might give to your younger Jason? Um, (laughs) He is younger. He is younger. I know, I know. I, I hey, you started off by saying I'm looking here now, 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 now. I'm the old guy on the call. No, um, no, no, no. Just, just your college, Jason. How about that? Who is taking those entrepreneurship classes, business school, like? Yeah, no. Look, I, um, you know, I, I have taken the entrepreneurial path, and, um, and, and so it has gone. You know, so it's not things like I don't think I would have many things, you know, that I that I change. I mean, I, obviously it's like, trust your gut, you know, and, and go, you know, cause for things to be successful, you gotta, you gotta have some excitement around it, you know, to, to put in the hour. Cause you know, to do find things that you're going to do really well, I think is, is kind of, and, and you're going to do it really well. If you're really waking up every day, man, I want to like go to work and do this. Um, and so it comes in different forms. It could be something, but yeah, I, I think entrepreneurship, I found it early as a good fit. I think, you know, I, the, it's sort of the creative side of business. And so, uh, but I, yeah, I think in the early, when I was in school, I was like, when, when I started the company, there was definitely some like, Ooh, do I take a job at like some consulting firm, like a McKinsey or Boston consulting group? Or do I do this investment banking job? 
And I, I didn't go that path. And so I'm really happy I did. But I remember at the time, there was a little bit of like, oh, am I making a mistake? Am I, am I, am I passing on something that makes a lot of sense? And, but no, I, I, I think, you know, I spent my summers building my, that company. I think a lot of that, a lot of that experience proved to be really relevant because it gave me the confidence to do the next thing. And so, yeah, I, I think, um, and then build relationships. I think the thing is like, you know, you, uh, a lot of the people who invested with us to get us going were people, it went all the way back to like childhood. And I just, I think, you know, people, you know, people who are going to support you and get you off the ground are going to be people who know you. And so just, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, treat people well and <laughs> know that, know that circle, you know, things come full circle, but I, you know, I think, I think, um, you know, I think just be, be your authentic self and um, apply yourself to things that really get you excited because that's going to be where you're going to be successful. I love that. I don't know if you've ever heard Sam Zell speak, but I'm going to say this so that you feel young, not older, but I feel like <laughs> the beginning of his story sounds an awful lot like the beginning of your story, even down to like he, he did some kind of a college housing project and then sold it to one of his college buddies when he left and teamed up with a childhood friend and, you know, they had the complimentary skill set. So I like that. I feel like I, I could see the, the synergy, <laughs> which is exciting. Well, thank you. You're welcome. How, um, how's the affordable world right now? What's going on? What, what are the trends happening now? What, what's happening with Hudson Valley? Where are you guys? Yeah. Like, where are you now located as far as your, 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 your properties? And properties. Where are you going? Yeah, so we're um, we're based in New York. We're in eight states today, uh, primarily the East Coast, and we just you know Mid Atlantic and Northeast are our biggest areas. You know, New York, New Jersey, Maryland, Pennsylvania. We're also in Rhode Island. We're, we have something in Florida. We're in, and we we expanded into the Midwest with something in Chicago. Um, but we're building building a nationwide platform. So we're going to be around the country. That won't mean that we'll be in 50 states. We'll probably be more like the, the larger markets, you know, maybe 14, 15 states where, you know, the, the urban areas and high cost of living, you know, so West Coast, East Coast and um, you know, Texas. And but we're we're thoughtfully expanding um, and, you know, trying to, you know, it's where you have a presence. It's easier to find the next project and also, you, you know, right. your confidence to be, being able to deliver. And so it's sort of focusing for prioritizing things that are in areas that we're already in, but then, you know, if there's an opportunity to expand to something new, making sure that it's something that we feel really good that we're going to really execute and deliver so that, you know, a successful project usually leads to two others, you know, shortly after. And so we're trying to, you know, keep that approach. Did you find in building the company that, and I don't believe there's any such thing as work-life balance. I feel like it's an integration, but, and I know as an entrepreneur, you have to be all in and you're passionate and you care. How did you find kind of managing your life, mm -hmm. personal life when you were building the company? Yeah, no, it's, it's, there's definitely, it's a challenge and there's compromises, you know, and I think, you know, I was, um, you know, at a stage in my life where I didn't, you know, didn't have a family, you know, didn't have kids and things. So I was able to really probably apply more time and effort into it, but it definitely both Andy and I, we've definitely have worked really hard to get it here. I would say early days, it's really hard. Cause you're just like, man, I need to get that first project. And, but I found that, you know, 
you know, importance of main, you know, self-care and making sure like I very, you know, make sure I get workouts in each morning and, and, you know, started to do some meditation and other things to really help balance out the stress because it's going to be there. Um, so it's not one where you're going to be like, Hey, let's like work less. It's sort of work smarter and being able to balance, um, you know, your, your life and then, you know, making sure, you know, family, friends and your community, making sure that you get those things on your calendar. And it's something that, you know, Andy and I, we, we try to keep each other accountable. We probably could do better, you know? And so sometimes we're like, ah, oh, like, when are you, when are you going to take a vacation? And we kind of work, play off each other and, uh, on that, but we, yeah, we definitely work really hard and it's, it's something where it becomes something you have to, you have to work at it to have the balance. And it's something that, you know, I probably could, you know, I'm still focusing on how I could kind of find that right balance. Yeah. I don't know if there's ever a right balance, right? So it's just kind of a, constantly adjusting. Somebody describes it to me as whack-a-mole and forever that has stayed with me where it's like, okay, you have a problem, you know, a pipe burst in your house, whack that down. Oh, an employee just quit. All right, go there. You know, like it's just every, wherever the, the things bubble up, you have to be there to like pop them back down again. Yeah, no, it's, it's perfect for um, affordable housing. They're so complex and there's so many different things, moving parts. And so, yeah, I think whack-a-mole is like the perfect, uh, perfect, uh, you know, metaphor. You mentioned, uh, raising capital. Um, I remember when you, I mean, you guys have raised significant, you know, funds. Um, how was, how did you get that first institutional fund to believe in you? Like what was, what was, <laughs> did you, have you ever done that before? Do a presentation? Um, in front of like an institution like that? Uh, no, it's, that's the whole, that's the whole fun of entrepreneurship <laughs> every day. You're like, all right, this is the first time I'm doing this. This is the first time I'm doing this. And it, it's, it makes it fun and exciting, but no, we, the first eight years we built a track record, you know, and everything was raised ca uh, deal by deal. Um, and, you know, we proved that we knew what we were doing. We had, you know, we had a, a platform that, had the ability to source, structure, operate. And so we first eight years was really kind of, you know, building that track record. And then, um, you know, we launched our first institutional fund in 2018. Um, and, you know, in the first fund were two institutions, uh, Nuveen and, and Key Bank were two major institutions. And they were, they were, um, so part of the challenge of getting investors and it's becoming, easier, you know, as it becomes more mainstream is actually explaining to them affordable housing and how it all works. And so real, the, the early investors were, were institutions that were already involved in affordable housing. And so the good thing about that is like, we didn't have to educate them on how it worked. It was really just had to show them that we were really good and we knew we were really good compared to what was out there. And, um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, those were two of our key investors and they've been continue to invest with us to this day. And, but yeah, getting their, the first institutions in there were the, the big milestone. And now we have, you know, in our latest fund, which was, you know, um, just, just launched, uh, you know, closed last year was, um, we have endowments, foundations, you know, several banks. And so 80% of our investors now are, our investment capital is, is institutional. So it's, it's come yeah, a long so way. I saw the, I, so now you're on yeah. all the, now you're in like all the newspaper, the news when, you know, Hudson Valley closes <laughs> the fund. It's like, I get alerts all over everywhere. 
Well, now I'm on. I'm on the the Papa. Um, the Papa cast. Know, the podcast. Yeah. What's so the It's now the Flickr cast. Now. That now was uh, when when she joined. She's like, I just need the name. I need to be take have the name on the podcast. I was like, all right, Flickr cast. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even pay me. That's all I want. That's all she <laughs> no, there's the mamas and the papas. We're the flickers and the papas. It's great. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, what's so? What's your your favorite part of the job of being a CEO of a real estate company? Um, I guess specifically affordable housing. Wow, there's a lot of parts. I mean, I yeah, I really I I think building the organization has been very rewarding. Um, it's, you know, looking at all the great people that are around us and having, you know, the diversity and just like people who are coming in every day, excited to, to be a part of it. I think that that's something I'm really proud of. I think, a you know, very, I think a tie, but it's like, also we, we take on some really complex projects where we take something where, you know, there's several, ex I mean, dozens of examples where we look at what's there today and we work through a variety of, you know, financing challenge, operating challenges, all these challenges. And ultimately you see a finished product that you speak to residents and they're like, Hey, show, I want to show you my, my, my apartment. And like, they're, they're just beaming with pride now. And you, and you're like, wow, we were a part of that. So I think the, there's the internal at the company, which is really rewarding. And then, the, and then the finished product, which is the result of, you know, really all that effort being put in, but both, both are very rewarding in different ways. Awesome. Well, Jason, you look pretty comfortable where you are right now. So, are you ready for the hot seat? Uh oh. Oh. The hot seat is sponsored by KK Reset. KK Reset is an HR management and outsourcing consulting firm that specializes in helping organizations to reset their culture, structure, and path. They do this through services which include comprehensive consultation to identify gaps and opportunities for corporate training programs, HR services, and career mapping services. They've collaborated with nonprofits, startups, and academic organizations to protect them from liabilities, reduce turnover, and preserve their brands. They have also collaborated with a number of my clients on the real estate front who are not large enough to have their own in-house HR program. So. They outsource it to KK Reset. KK Reset comes in, maybe sits on site a couple days a week and provides you know everything you need from an HR perspective for your, for your firm. So it's a great uh, resource for those shops who just maybe it doesn't make sense for them to have in-house HR function. Um, so please check them out at kkreset.com. K-K-R-E-S-E-T.com. Getting hot. Take that sweater off. Take that sweater off, Jason. getting hotter. Actually, how is the weather in New York today? Pretty nice, actually. Nice. I, yeah, I've been I've been inside, so whatever my whatever my thermostat is is set at right now is the, <laughs> is the temperature right now. Well, if I, you want to, turn, I turned the AC off so they keep the sound down. So now you know. Uh oh, so that was up a there big now. mistake. Now it's truly, now it's, now it's truly the hot seat, right? Yeah. So. What did you say, Come up and play golf in an hour. I'm trying to get get going after this. So. Are you gonna play golf? If, All right, good. Well, I'm gonna try to. She, Lisa's, Lisa, Lisa has very tiny uh, clubs. Well, <laughs> she's, five she's, one, she's... but it can't be that big, right? <laughs> uh, do you have a book or podcast recommendation, Jason? Ooh, a book. I just read um, this book called "The Biology of Belief." Oh, cool. Uh, by uh, 
think it's uh, Lipton. So, and it's basic. It's amazing. Well, you know, what was interesting about it was it, it talks about really how your thoughts and how your, you know, your perspective on things really actually impacts health outcomes and really just and so the idea that you you know you could kind of manifest really good things for your health and for your lives and it's written by a someone with like a, a very scientific background so i thought that was really oh, I love really that. interesting oh i'm definitely getting that book after this podcast i love books like that i just started reading be where your feet are and i just feel like it's like those things about being reminding yourself like to be mindful and and kind of take take the process properly i love those books so that's yeah. great so a little little out there but, it, but it's actually really interesting don't don't be so, smell where your feet are that's not a good one <laughs> <laughs> so you know what tell us what's your most memorable deal i know you've done a lot of them you know whether it was the fundraising end or the the actual close of a building or development our most memorable one um well, there's a lot of those but it's really the early days right and so they're I think the memorable one was uh, we we were bidding and we were pursuing so many deals and projects and getting turned down left and right. It took us a few years to get to our first project, which is those are the years that really solidified our culture. But we when we got selected by the board, it was a property called Marienheim Tower in Brooklyn. The board called us, you know, Bob Walsh, the executive director, called us and said, he has good news for us, and he was selecting our group over a lot of other established firms. He thought we were the right group. Uh, we he appreciated our like honesty, our you know the integrity, and also just the you know all the different things that we did to customize it to meet their needs. and And he was going with us, and this was our first first project. It was a, a pretty large one, 182 units. Uh, wow. You know, could go through all. I I know the ins and outs of all that, but it was a, it was a project where we state we the nonprofit had this property that was prime real estate Brooklyn and everyone was calling them to buy it and, you know, would be buying it, potentially displacing the residents. But he, he wanted obviously to keep, keep it affordable and keep the residents there, but also he had a fiduciary or responsibility to figure out what was best for the nonprofit. So getting some proceeds to further their mission was also, you know, attractive or important to him. And we worked out a partnership where we said, look, we'll do it with you. And we'll basically buy the property with you, which is something you can do within affordable housing with some of the programs where they were able to generate proceeds from the sale to further their mission, but then also stayed as long-term owners and, and no, no resident was displaced. And we did this fantastic, um, you know, modernization, renovation of the property and expanded services. And it's, yeah, it was, it was a real, it was our first, it was a kind of our breakout project and, you know, the, the various agencies, including the state agency and HUD, they were all like, wow, this was a really, so it kind of put us on the map. So I feel like it's a really special, special deal for us. And I, Andy and I can remember getting that call and, and just sort of this, the, the level of stress, the stress level went down immediately, noticeably, <laughs> we felt it because um, we were like, wow, we actually, we, we were established now and all the hard work paid off. Customized and solutions. It's one of the great things about going with like a smaller shop sometimes, you know? Right. And then you start to think to yourself, oh, wait, but now we actually have to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, we were, um, yeah, it was, I mean, it, these prob, you know, when you take, when you get awarded, I mean, from there through closing and you know, it could take like a year and then from there towards renovations, another you know year and a half. So this is like, yeah, but the, 
all aspects, yeah, different aspects were memorable, but yeah, obviously getting awarded our first deal was pretty, pretty special. What do you, uh, say somebody's in college now or, or wants to work at Hudson Valley property group? Like what would you, what's kind of skill set would they need? I know we, we've spoke about the culture, but like, what are like actual hard skill sets that, that are important? Well, it depends on the team. I mean, we have an acquisitions team and so they're, you know, we, we hire in analysts and associates that, you know, we want them to have financial like underwriting experience, being able to, you know, model and be able to analyze the, the operations and fundamentals of a, of a property. Just like on the acquisition side, we have, you know, we have an accounting team. So obviously getting the nuts and bolts of, of debits and credits and accounting experience there. And then we have design and construction team, which we hire, you know, from different backgrounds, from whether it's construction or architectural, but getting some experience with, you know, the brick and mortar and the various, uh, you know, components and, um, and risk factors of, of a property and, and also what, what's involved in, in making improvements. We also have investor relations. We're not, we're not hiring for now, but, you know, we, so we have different teams and asset management. So experience, obviously operating property. So I think, you know, there's a lot of different backgrounds. I would say go, go toward, you know, similar advice from before, go, go towards things that really, you know, speak to your strengths and where you're excited. And then, you know, we we're we're growing and expanding. And so we're hiring in, you know, different, different areas. Do you have a go-to interview question? We try to like, I, this, this is, this came from one of my, uh, I interviewed someone and their interview questions there. They always ask someone to tell, tell them, tell me a joke. And like puts them on the spot, you know what I mean? And like, you can see the way they think. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't know. We just we kind of want to understand, you know, why why they want to come here and why why this why is this opportunity the right next step for them? And and you want people to have given a thought, right? Because we don't want to have someone who's like, oh, this sounds this sounds cool, and just go there for like a year or two and then bounce around. We really want someone who's given thought to this is, you know, the next step for them and whatever they're trying to do. And I think. I think, um, you know, some of it could be, you know, it's, I love what I'm doing, but I want to do it in a culture that that's a better fit. Or it could be like, you know, I really want to further my career, get more challenge and, and, it, but just something that shows they've given it thought and, and, um, and there's kind of intent to go up to us specifically versus just, I need a job. And this is the first one that, that Chris and Lisa told me about and, you know, they're paying well and it looks good, but you know, I, yeah, we really want to have someone who's like specifically wants to take that job and, and come to our firm. And so we probe on that. Love it. Excellent. Well, this is the impact real estate podcast. So last question of the day is we would just love to, I mean, it's obviously very clear how your company and you make an impact, but you know, if you were to describe your impact or your mission, do you have like a little, you know, two sentence thing that you say about your mission impact? I mean, we're, we're increasing the quality of affordable housing in the country and increasing and improving people's standard of living um, and also giving people a platform to improve their lives. And I really, so I think it's more than just housing. It's, it's really, it's really giving someone access to services and programming to, to, to reach, reach their dreams and their goals and being able to be a part of that is pretty special. That might be the best answer we've had yet. I mean, that's going to go on your, well, that's going to go on your tombstone, <laughs> but from a long, a long time from now, cause you're so young. Yeah, right. I know. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, 
That well, was like a, that was like a backhanded compliment there. You're like, you know, it's gonna go on your tombstone. <laughs> your tombstone pizza. Very long time from now. Very long time. <laughs> well, Jason, you're a great guy. I mean, we've become friends over the years. I consider you a friend. We've uh, you know, I've known you, I remember walking through our our that office a long time ago and we met. Um and it's just great to see Hudson Valley Property Group grow into what it is today and uh, truly maintain that core mission and culture that you that you started out with. And that's that's very hard to do um, as, as companies grow. So thank you uh, for doing that. And thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. No, thanks for having me. And thanks for the kind words. And uh, you, are, you are a friend, Chris. So, oh, good. Uh, yeah. So we're no, we're excited to keep building and you guys being a part of that as well. We should schedule a um, a charity sprint in Chelsea. Close down one of the one of the streets. <laughs> Was, is that a challenge? Is that a... <laughs> it could be. I got to see you run first. You probably kick my butt. <laughs>